I didn't change the sign this week. I thought about changing it, and I was going to change it to something that would say something like, showing up is essential for success. And I kept looking at it, and something kept bothering me about it. And yesterday, when I was getting ready to come out and change it, something stopped me, and I just left it to read as it is. What is your loyalty lie to man or God? And I don't think that God was directing that toward you more so than it was me because, you see, I made a commitment. And sometimes it's a hard commitment to, when I preach, to preach the message that God would give me. And sometimes those are hard messages, sometimes they're good messages, but sometimes they remind me of a time in my life that that I would just like to forget about. But God works in those parts of our lives and helps us to remember those things to ensure that we continue to grow and hopefully to, to make an impact on someone else. My mother's not with us. She passed away some time ago. But I remember in my time when I was growing up that I was this cute, adorable kid that everyone loved, and I just loved life and had fun, and everyone loved me, and I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. But as I got older and became a teenager and then a young adult, I found out that that I lost that cuteness because I became very mouthy and I wanted things my way right away. I thought the world was Burger King. It would give me just what I want. And I made a lot of bad decisions. And I was living a very unhealthy lifestyle. And I turned to God because it became so destructive that it was either make a difference in my life find a new way or let my life end and i made that that commitment i i heard god's call to salvation and i answered that call and and i felt the presence of the holy spirit in my life but but something wasn't right i still wasn't happier i was still making the bad decisions i was still living the lifestyle that i had before i encountered christ and one night or I should say early one morning, I got up and went into the kitchen. And I was struggling with purpose and my social life and where I wanted my future to go because I wanted the future. But mostly I just wanted to be happy, and I wasn't. And my mom, of all people, came into the kitchen that morning and she looked at me and she saw the shirt that I was wearing. It was a a rock and roll shirt from a concert that I had recently attended. And she said words that changed my life. And what she said was, Tommy, I want you to be happy. But going to God is only part of it. You have to show up in that relationship to make a change. Today's passage of Scripture comes from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 36 through 43. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. And she was always going, or she was always doing good and helping the poor. And about that time, she became sick and died. 
and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. And Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. And Peter sent them out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. And she opened her eyes. And seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. And then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, I come before you today and just ask that you be with me. Give me guidance and hope. Words of inspiration that that will touch all of our lives today, that will point us toward you. Open our hearts, open our minds to hear your word. Empty me of my own desire, my own will, and fill me with your spirit that your will and your word will be heard. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, you read this passage of Scripture and you start thinking, what does that really have to do with anything? Because it starts off with speaking of two different locations, Joppa and Lydda, which are two cities in Israel, and they're about 12 miles apart. And it goes on to talk about somebody named Tabitha that we really don't know a whole lot about. Really and truly, all we know is that she was a good woman. She was loved by her community. And then she faced death and died. But someone had heard that Peter was just a few miles down the road. That that Peter, after Christ's death and ascension, was performing the same miracles that Jesus was doing. That he was casting out demons that he was healing the sick, and he was raising the dead. And I think that's the point that I want to talk with you about today, is raising the dead. You see, back in my time, what was important to know is that my life that I was living was pretty much dead. And if it wasn't dead, it was heading in that direction. And I turned my life over to Christ, and I said, God, you know what? I want something different. I don't like where life is going. I don't like where it's been. I don't like investing myself in people that don't give a return back, that just take, take, and take, and leave me holding the bag for anything and everything that happens. It's not fair. And you know what? It's not fair. But it was nobody's responsibility except my own. Because, you see, I am the one who chose my lifestyle, even after receiving Christ. You see, Christ comes into our life, and the Holy Spirit indwells us, and we hear God's calling, and we hear God's nudging on our hearts about how it is that we should live and what it is that we should do. But the issue at hand wasn't that I wasn't hearing, it's that I wasn't doing. 
You see, if we want to succeed in life, if we want to have the things in life that we want, then we have to be present. We have to show up for our own lives. We can't just say, I believe in God and expect God to deliver everything to us. It wasn't like that with Israel when when they wanted to be delivered from the hands of the Egyptians. God sent forth the messenger. He, He made the preparations. He parted the water. And he gave them a time of discipline in the wilderness. You see, God opened up all the doors and the windows of opportunity. But there was a responsibility on the people to act. The people who wanted to make a change, who wanted to make a difference in their life, that that wanted to to move from, from one particular lifestyle to another, had to decide within their hearts and minds what it was they truly valued. If they truly valued the lifestyle that they wanted, then they had to let go of those things that were causing them harm. They had to take it upon themselves to get up and walk out of Egypt. God's not going to do that for them, and he's not going to do that for us. He didn't do it for me, but he did open up the avenues of escape for us. Israel showed up that day when Moses came into town and said, pack your bags, it is time to leave this land for something new. And an amazing thing happened. The Pharaoh decided, you know what, I'm going to let them all go. And they packed everything up, and they went the longest route, not the shortest route, to their destination. Odd how that happens sometimes, isn't it? That sometimes God will work in our lives, and and instead of taking the shortest route from point A to point B, he'll he'll send us the, the longest and the most difficult route. But there's reasons for him doing that. In the early stages of Israel exiting Egypt, we see the importance of that. You see, when they fled Egypt, Pharaoh had changed his mind, and eventually they looked back and they saw that Pharaoh and his army was coming after them. And then on their journey out of Egypt, they encountered the Red Sea. So in that point in their life, what they're faced with is this. They're looking at the impossibility of God making a difference. Because they look back and they see the dangers coming that's going to take them back to where it is that they came from. And they're looking across this mass body of water to see across to the other side the land of hope and the land of prosperity that they want to get to. But the obstacle, the water is in their way. And they have a choice right there, just like we always have a choice. When we look at the obstacles that are in our way that we can either go back to where it is that we came from or we can commit to that moment, commit to that time, commit to our God and ourselves that we are going to make a difference in our lives, that we as a people are going to show up with God because God has already shown up. And instead of looking at those impossibilities, and saying it's time to quit. Instead of looking at those impossibilities and saying it's over, it's done, we look at those impossibilities and we ask 
God, what is it, Father, that I am to do? And what is it that, that is happening here? What do I need to do? What is my part in this picture? And oftentimes when we're in a situation like that, one of the things that we must come to encounter is this, that during those times we have to admit to ourselves our inability to protect or provide for ourselves. It's a humbling experience when we are faced with that. You see, God is not trying to break our spirit so that we feel bad about ourselves. He's trying to, to prepare us for a land of plenty and a land of prosperity. But in order to do that, we have to learn to rely solely on God himself. Now, I could only imagine what it would be like for Moses to, to be standing there thinking, I'm the one who led this entire congregation down this road. I'm the one who told them, pack your bags. I'm the one who told them, God is with us. God is going to get us to where we have to be. And then now I'm standing there at that impossibility with everyone looking at me going, look where you brought us to. You brought us to death and destruction. See, Moses had to show up in that moment. He realized right then and there, probably more so than ever in his walk up to that point, that my reliance upon myself to accomplish the things that God has for me in life is fragile at best. But it doesn't mean that we're defeated because we are called by a God of power and a God of authority and a God that wants good things for us. But we have to listen to him. And sometimes we have to step out on faith. Again, we have to show up in that moment and make our stand with what God calls us to do. And Moses stood forward or stepped forward raised his staff as commanded by God, and the Red Sea parted, and Israel passed to safety. And I think that that's what God shows us in our lives, that when we're faced with those difficulties and those situations, that, that it's our responsibility to be active in that relationship with God, that we have to take into consideration what we can do on our own physical aspects of everything and what we can't do and rely on God for the rest. But see, showing up doesn't just mean that we just arrive at that location. When I had to make that change in my life and I showed up at church on a Sunday morning, it wasn't enough just to be there. There were certain things that I had to learn. A passage from the book of Timothy comes to mind as I was going through this this morning. We all know the, the standard version of it, 2 Timothy verses three, uh, or chapter 3, verse 16, that all Scripture is breathed and is useful for teaching by God, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And, you know, I've heard that passage of Scripture so many times in my life, and I thought, it is such a difficult passage to understand, is it not? But I like the version in the New Living Translation because it's straight and to the point and it tells us what it is that we need to do. 
that all Scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what to do that is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And I like that passage of Scripture because, like I said, when I showed up for church, when I said I want to change my life, that I'm going to make a difference, I realized that just being there wasn't enough, that that showing up wasn't just about my physical presence. It was about my actions and my attitude toward life, toward God, and toward other people that I had to to look within myself because I wanted to succeed at everything that comes my way. And I had to ask myself, not what the world has done to me, or not what some other wrong that somebody else has done to me, but what decisions that I have made or what lifestyles I have adopted myself that are causing problems. And when I was humble enough to do that, I was able to look within myself and see the things that I needed to change about me. Showing up means to be responsible for our own behaviors. I had to change the way that that I view the world. I had to stop blaming the world for my problems. I had to stop saying, God, you know what? If these people weren't in my life, I wouldn't make those decisions. How many times do we do that? And I had to change that to this. Instead of asking the world to meet me and be what I want it to be, I had to stop and say to myself that that I had to be who God wants me to be to survive and succeed in this world with no worry about what my friends or my peers or anyone else thought about me. You see, I learned a long time ago, and this is something my grandmother used to say. She's part Cherokee Indian. I love her old sayings. And she loved Jesus more than anything. She said, Tommy, this is the truth about life. You love everyone. But be loyal to no one. And that sounds harsh, but, but it's not. It's just the truth about life because, you see, it is our duty as Christians to, to love everyone, to be kind, treat people with with decency and respect. But I don't sell my life to any person or group because my life belongs to Jesus. So when I go to be pleasing, first and foremost, my duty is to God. That's why I preach the things I preach and I I say the things I say. And sometimes they're very difficult to do. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I'll go home and not sleep very good for a week because of it. But I can't say, oh, how I trust Jesus if I don't do and say what I'm called to do. 
You see, that's part of the healing process. That's part of being present. And that's what my mother wanted me to discover. Because you see, it's like this. I love my friends. I love my community. I love my congregation. And I love my Jesus more than I love you. I'm going to be honest. But that is where I find my happiness and my peace in life. Centered, first and foremost, around God. And when I discovered that, that's when the dead man started to come back to life again. And the other thing that I had to learn was this. Being being present means that I had to conform to a different lifestyle than what I once had. And see, and, and, and that's the difficult thing because I'm going to throw, throw this out here to you. When it came to that part of my walk, this is what I said to God. I was standing in the parking lot of North Metro First Baptist Church in uh, Lawrenceville, Georgia. I worked there. I was the, the maintenance guy, the, the groundskeeper. I was new to my walk, and I said, God, you know what? I have heard all my life that, that the Pentecostals are right, that the Catholics are right, that the Baptists are right, that the Methodists are right. I don't know who's right. But I'm willing to take a trip with you. A journey of discovery. Because, you see, I don't want to know just for myself what some man said is right. I want to know what is right and dependable and true so that I can fashion myself after that. So that I can be a success. So that I can live the life that, that I want to live. And I went on this journey and, and I began reading different texts of scriptures. And I'm going to tell you right now that there are many people out there who claim to be Christians who create doctrines that, that sound Christian. And when you read just bits and pieces of their writings, they make you start questioning your own beliefs and some of the things that, that you were taught. And some of the things that, that they may write or say sounds good in a small context, but when you take their entire religion, their own thought processes, and put them into the whole context of what it is they're saying, what you find is a lot of this stuff is not good. That it's not healthy. That it's some of the ones that the Scripture would be talking about when they say be careful of false prophets because they come to deceive you. And I found some of those and all the denominations that, that I looked at also, apart from those that are out of the normal Christian stand, what I found is this. Is that for the most part, we all worship the same God. And we love and depend on the same Jesus. We just view things a little different. 
But I got caught up in, in the readings of John Wesley, and oh, how I loved them. Let me tell you how much I loved John Wesley's teachings. And here's why I loved them so much is because I saw myself in them. When he talked about his salvation experience, I connected with that. And when he wrote about his life before salvation, I connected with that. I knew that there was truth in what he was saying. And when I read about his walk with God and his insights into Scripture, I knew then who it was that I was to be with. You see, I love my Baptist friends and my Presbyterian friends. but I love my Methodist teachings. Every one of them. And showing up meant that for many things in my life, I had to rethink and restructure the way I do things, treat people, and how I live. Showing up doesn't just change us as a people as we continue with our walk. It impacts everyone and everything around us. Because, you see, once I learned that I had to show up in my own life, I then learned that I had to show up in the lives of others. And that is an exciting thing. I know that we think sometimes that leaving behind things in our life to, to take care of others or to work in an area that we haven't worked in before is giving up something for nothing. But for me, showing up at that point meant that God was giving me what I considered the ultimate responsibility. The care of other people. And I'll share this with you. That when we don't show up in those people's lives, it hurts us more than it hurts them. And this is what I mean. If I am in need of a friend, let's say, at that moment in time, and God calls on one of you to be present in my life, and you hear that call, but something else comes up in life, and, and you have to make a choice, and you choose the other thing as opposed to coming to me. God's not abandoning me by any means. If you don't do it, somebody else will. But it does do this. 
You see, every time God opens a window or a door of opportunity for you to serve in some capacity and you don't show up, it changes the way the community looks at you. You see, what I mean is this. If I am depending upon you to do something that you told me that you were going to do and you don't show up to do it, I'm going to lose my trust in you. And if I lose my trust in you, then, then I'm probably not going to ask you to do something again. And if I get to the point that I'm not going to ask you to do something again, then whatever it was that, that we were going to do will probably die. Or someone else will take your place doing it. It's the reality of life that, that if we don't want to show up, we don't have to. God gives us opportunity. And we choose what we do with that opportunity. And people will judge us by how we show up or don't show up. But if we want to succeed, when we think about what's going on in life, when we think about the things we value, the things that we want to accomplish, and the commitments that we have made to other people, then we need to take it like this. That if I am called to do something and I am asked to be somewhere and I've told someone I'm going to be somewhere or I've told someone I'm going to do something and then something else comes up, unless it's life and death, then I would consider it as a source of temptation. It's the way that, that Satan works in our lives to take the thought of being committed away from us, to draw us away so that we may have some fun or we may accomplish something else, but what you just did was bit bitten into the bait that Satan put out there because now Tommy doesn't trust you. And we don't want that to happen in life. We want to be trusted. We want to experience God in all the fullness that he offers. We want to be present in God's life. That's who we are. That's what we long for. And sometimes we get drawn away from that. And if we want to succeed in life, we have to be present. Have to. Because if we're not present, the dead doesn't rise. The dead remains dead. We go back to Peter here. Peter was 12 miles away. Now today, that's no big deal. 12 miles is a, a little ride down the road. But when Tabitha died, people gave of their time to walk at the minimum or ride an animal at best that distance to find Peter. And then Peter came that distance back to where Tabitha had laid. I am certain that before he left, he had other things that he could have been doing. But he weighed the options, I would think, of saying, you know, I, I, I want to do this today. Or maybe God has given me a task that maybe I don't want to do today, but it is my responsibility. But I hear the Spirit's call. I see a need for my presence over here. And he sacrificed that time. He made that choice to be present in the lives of those people. He showed up when there was no hope 
He showed up when, when death was already present. He cleared the room and knelt before Tabitha and prayed. He said, Tabitha, rise. So I think what I'm asking today is this. Be Peter. And I don't mean be, be Peter as in go to a dead person and ask them to walk. But be Peter in our own lives. Show up. And find those areas in our own lives that are dead or dying, that, that need to be resurrected and be given new meaning and purpose. And say to that area, rise up and walk. And then get up and do it. You see, being present. is what determines success in all things that God presents for us. Love God, love one another. Live a life of holiness. And let us strive to be people of integrity and people of hope. You see, that's what I heard my mother say to me so many years ago. And I think that's why I share this with you today. Because those are the words that I heard that changed my life. Show up. And you'll be surprised how the dead comes back to life. Let us pray. Father God, as we prepare to close today's service, I ask that you be with each and every one of us, Father, as we depart here today and help us to, to rise up and walk in a newness of life. Help us to, to find those things in our life that are either dead or dying and help us to, to rejuvenate, empower us, Father God, to, to look within our own hearts, within our own lives, to be accountable one person to you. so that we can experience a rejuvenation of life through you and with you as we meet you on our journey, walking and talking and experiencing all the love and all the blessings that you have for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Today, remembering the love of our mothers and celebrating their presence, also remember this. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord make his face to shine upon you, and may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.